This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee along with my co-host Paul Zarman. We'll be recapping AW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen, which took place tonight from the Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. Another fun show, Paul. Another hot crowd all night. Nice to get out to the East Coast instead of the uh, southern part of the United States for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a hot crowd tonight. They were definitely making sure they were heard, that's for sure. Absolutely, Um, and we'll talk about some of those chants later on in the show. Uh, Big announcement tonight for an upcoming live event that we'll talk about. Um, No returns tonight, even though there was a uh, return announced at the end of the show that will be coming up on a future episode of Dynamite. To, to close the show tonight So uh, still a jam-packed show tonight A lot of matches A few backstage segments But not as many as we've been, get, been getting used to Right um, But uh, any, any news you want to talk about Before we uh, get into tonight's show? Uh, well, yeah My KOP merchandise has arrived Looking good so, Yeah, go uh, go get your KOP Your Kicking Out Podcast merchandise uh, from Pro Wrestling Tees, support Tanner and myself in the Kicking Out podcast and look stylish while you do it. Absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. And also go check out an interview I put up yesterday with Dave Hancock. I had the pleasure of interviewing him. He runs the social media accounts for all the adfreeshows.com's podcast. So Grilling JR, Something Wrestle with Bruce, Bruce Pritchard, My World with Jeff Jarrett, The Kurt Angle Show, the Orange Show, What Happened to Win with Tony Schiavone, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. He runs the accounts for all of those. So, a uh, great guy yeah, who's also very, from Northern Indiana, like, yeah, like ourselves, Paul. Very, very busy man. So, uh, I have not had a chance to uh, listen to the interview yet. It's It's uh, been a pretty busy week for myself, but uh, definitely something that I'll be trying to get watched and listened to over, uh, hopefully, the weekend. Yep, you can find an interview on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. And you can also find the video on our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channel. So please give those a like, follow, and subscribe if you haven't done so already. With that said, Paul, I'll let you uh, kick the recap off for tonight. 
Alrighty, well, let's get right into it. The show opened with a video package uh, to hype the Hangman page in Dark Order, um, uh, talking about what a true cowboy is. And then uh, everybody made their way to the ring. Of course, Dark Order and Hangman were all dressed in cowboy gear. Uh, if they win, they will receive future title shots against Omega and the Young Bucks. If not, they cannot challenge for the titles again. This is a stipulation that AEW is a big fan of. Um, I'm not too much of a fan of, of it, but uh, it seems to be working well for AEW. So we'll, we'll give them that. Um, Omega and the Young Bucks, the Elite, I should say, uh, make their entrance done up kind of like a, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, the new Jam. movie. There we go. I, yep. keep, I keep wanting to go Toon Squad. In Which fact, I watched the Space Jam, the new legacy over the weekend. I don't recommend it. <laughs> don't waste your time. Uh, no. Uh, I, I've just seen the previews and I don't recommend it either. No, but, it, it wasn't very good. So uh, Paige and Anderson get things started uh, shortly after a full-out brawl breaks out. And that kind of seemed to be the gist of this match. Every time you turned around, there was a full-out brawl between everybody remaining in the match. Um, Reynolds was the first to be eliminated, which surprised me, but yet it didn't at the same time. He would have been the one I would have picked out of the group. Yeah, he, he had to be the first one to go. Of course, they're trying to make... Uno and Grayson look strong, and Johnny was making his return, and Hangman, being number one contender, couldn't be the first one out. Uh, the match goes back and forth throughout a lot of it. We get Johnny Hungy chants on and off throughout the match. Um, there was an interesting um, spot where the Elite dunked Silver, or attempted to make it look like that. In all the trick shots that Nick Jackson does, that was the one he missed. Yeah. Um, I'm always nervous when he's on the top rope, he's going to slip. And he didn't slip, and yeah. I just missed the dunk. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you, I mean, I caught uh, Matt Jackson having a good chuckle out of that one. So, yeah, um, it was definitely uh, an interesting little segment. Um, with them, I, I mean, I give them props for pulling off something like that with doing the whole Space Jam gimmick. They needed something. So that was definitely the spot. Um, Stu Grayson and, uh, oh, 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 Gallows both got counted out as they fought into the audience. Um, lots of back and forth segments still taking place in the ring. Uh, came down to... Hangman versus the original elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And uh, Kenny did some great moves. The Young Bucks did some great moves. Hangman fought hard. I got to give Hangman a lot of props. He fought hard, could not pull off the victory, ended up losing, uh, meaning that the Dark Order nor Hangman can challenge for the titles in the future. Correct. Um yeah, Hangman did fight, fight hard. Like you said, he kicked out multiple um, big-time moves, multiple V-triggers. But, of course, he couldn't kick out of the one-wing angel. I think it, it surprised me, this outcome. Honestly, I thought Hangman and the Dark Order were gonna, was going to win the match. But the more I think about it, I think it's great storytelling because yeah. it'll make the pop even bigger when Hangman does eventually get over. 
and yeah. kicks out of that one wing angel eventually. Now, my question to you is, do we still see Hangman challenge for the title at All Out, or now will a different contender be Ooh. up against Kenny? Well, I think it'll have to be somebody else since they lost. Uh, you know, they're not going to let – I don't think they're going to let Hangman beat this stipulation that quickly. Uh, I mean, All Out is quickly approaching, and to say, oh, you can't title – or you can't challenge for the title, and then a month later he's challenging for the title, I think it's a little too quick. I still think he gets it somehow. Um, maybe he challenges Omega career versus title. Something Omega can't refuse. I, I just, it, it's the big. They're going to bring as the biggest show of the year. So you got to bring it. You can't just throw in a Christian Cage or something. I know. I know he's undefeated. I mean, they've built it. I, I just don't know where else they go. And if wins matter, you can't throw somebody in there that might be debuting in a few weeks in the company. <laughs> Yeah, we won't mention that name right now. <laughs> names. Well, yeah, names. Um, backstage, Alex Marvez was set to interview the Death Triangle, but for some reason, at the point in time we didn't know, only Pac was there. Pac says the Lucha Bros are here, but a certain someone canceled their car. In comes Andrade and Chavo. Chavo says Phoenix and Penta are arriving, thanks to them ordering the Lucha Brothers a limo. Andrade tells Pac to order better rides for his guys or someone will do it for him. Yeah, I mean, moves on the story a little bit. Um, didn't really capture my attention. Um, no. no. I, I, I like Travel being involved in the company. I'm still not sure about him being the mouthpiece for Andrade, though. Um, it's better, better than Vicky, but... Right. I, I think he's got some growing to do over the next couple weeks get used to having that microphone in front of him again. I think he'll get there. Uh, Andrade spoke tonight and he spoke very well, in my opinion, for someone who doesn't speak very good English. So I give him a lot of props on saying, you know what? I want to try this each and every week. Even if I can't get through all of it, I want to do something at least. Yep. I agree. He's uh, they're letting him try to speak English. WWE, that was one of his big downfalls in WWE was Vince didn't think he spoke good enough English. Right. And that's uh, the case with a lot of the um, wrestlers over there that might not be from America. Yeah, the they foreign talent. Yeah, yep. they get a mouthpiece right off the bat just because, well, eh, we don't know. So here, you're going to have this guy who also is from your country, but he speaks English. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we have Taz up on a podium to the side of the stage, which made absolutely no sense to me. Why? I don't know. It's Taz. I don't think we'll ever know why he did this. Um, but he announces the new FTW champion, Ricky Starks, for the title celebration. Out comes Starks and Hook. A brass band is playing down by the ring for his celebration. little off, but, you know. It's a celebration. Uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, of course, some of those guys you knew were going to get something at some point tonight so they're technically extras for the yep. company so they probably didn't exactly know how to play the instrument uh starks gets on the mic he's talking about the fact that he's the glue and the anchor of the group this whole time he could forgive some of the things that cage has done but when it came to his neck injury and the fact that cage never once checked on stark he couldn't get over that 
Stark says he's becoming the star that Cage has been trying to figure out how to be for the last 17 years. He continues to talk trash until Cage comes out and beats up the brass band, slams a bass drum over a guy's head, and snaps the trombone with a JR throwing uh, some shade at uh, a company saying, you know, trombones don't have a place in wrestling. Yeah, which I didn't catch that. You sent me that text. I'm like, oh, yep, that's a little shot the new day in Xavier Woods right there. Yep. I. It shocked me that it was JR of all people to say it. Yeah, that uh, was probably fed to him. Yeah. That one, yeah. I, I presume, was a line fed to him. And probably by uh, the Bucks or Cody, but definitely not Tony Khan. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> and, and really, the... New Day and Xavier Woods in particular, they're on good standing with a lot of the AEW talent. So. Oh, yeah. So they probably, you know, talked about this and mm-hmm. he said, you know what? Go ahead and make a stab at my trombone, yep. whatever yep. he's calling it these days. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, via video, New Japan pro wrestling star Hiroshi Tanashi. Tanahashi. Tanahashi. There we go. See, I knew I was going to mess it up at some point. Challenges for the IWGP U.S. Championship against whoever wins later tonight between Archer and Hikaleo. Yep, Tanahashi's an absolute legend. New Japan. This is the one title he has not captured in his long historic career. Can't wait to see him in AW. I mean, the Forbidden Door we talk about all the time. It's broken down. This is just another yep. example. So many possibilities, and as we'll talk about later in Moxley, Moxley's promo. Um, just exciting. Um, just this partnership with AEW and New Japan just continues to grow. It's a very exciting time. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember where it happened, but it did happen later on in the show. It might have been during Archer's match. They actually mentioned that uh, due to the partnership that yes. AEW has with New Japan, the winner will go to Japan to take him on. So that was a little interesting in my opinion. Yeah, especially because of the pandemic. I mean, we're seeing... Unfortunately, numbers go up here in the States right now, but Japan's in real bad shape right now. So a lot of their shows are getting canceled over there. So yeah. that, that's an interesting stipulation. Yep. Uh, next up, it was time for FTR with Tully Blanchard against Pride and Powerful with Conan. And this is a match that was um, revealed past week or so on Fightful that this match has been, had been scheduled for this exact dynamite for Fight for the Fallen in Charlotte since at least mid-May. That's how far wow. they planned this out. Wow, so they definitely are uh, fans of the long-term storytelling. Yeah, and Fightful also said, of course, they didn't reveal what it is. They said they have a singles feud in place already for the fall. They okay. It was a particular feud, but they didn't say who it involved. Probably uh, one of the debuting members. Could be. Um, yeah. Could be. Probably why he uh, hasn't revealed that yet. Well, and, and he does a good job at teasing stuff, but not, but still giving the element of surprise a lot of times. Yeah. Um, back and forth action as the match got started. Um, Cash and Santana throwing big chops in the middle of the ring, which was Charlotte. You got to do the chops in honor of Flair. It's Flair uh, country. Yeah. Uh, Santana hits the three amigos, which got another huge pop from the fan. Uh, Ortiz tags in. They hit a face buster power bomb combo 
on cash. Ortiz works over cash. Tags in Santana again. Uh, lots of back and forth. Santana hits a big flip to the outside on Wheeler. Santana with a diving foot stomp with nobody there rolls through, but Ortiz gets the blind tag. I honestly didn't catch that tag, so <laughs> I had to go back and look at that because I was like, uh, wrong guy's in the ring, and I kind of looked back real quick. I'm like, oh, okay, I missed that. These guys were working very hard in this match. They were trying yes. to put on an absolute classic for us. Yeah, we had uh, a big frog splash on Dax from Santana for a two count. Uh, Santana with a German suplex. Uh, Harwood clocks him with a lariat, but walks into a power bomb. Wheeler with a swinging DDT on Ortiz looks for one on Santana, but instead eats a big boot. Santana with a power bomb on Harwood for a two count. Um, we see. Cash go for the inside cradle, gets a two count, and then just punches Ortiz right in the face. I mean, just clear as clear can be. That was a straight punch. Yeah, gave him a little shoot punch there. Yeah. Wheeler tags in. They look for a double team move, but Santana breaks it up for a moment. Harwood with a suplex. Ortiz looks hooks the legs, but no count as both men's shoulders were down. Harwood ends up hitting a sheer drop brainbuster on Ortiz for the cover. One, two, three. Yeah, and, and until they showed the angle of um, Cash Wheeler and his arm, which was just yeah. gruesome, just blood everywhere. I was like, "What the heck just happened?" That was seemed like a rushed finish or a weird finish, and that's exactly what happened. They had to call audible, rush it to the finish, um, shorten the match up, and in prayers and thoughts up to Cash. Hopefully, it's not as bad as it looked. I did right. see a slow-mo replay on Twitter. It wasn't – it didn't look like a compound fracture, so that's good. That's what I was afraid of at first. Maybe the bone came out of the skin and blows everywhere. It looked like just he slipped or, or fell on the turnbuckle and it just cut him off. I mean, it was a nasty laceration, very deep. We'll take many stitches, but it looks like just sliced his arm. Okay. And I have to apologize. I just realized that this entire match I was calling uh, Dax Cash – <laughs> so, I've done that before. <laughs> uh, apologize for that ahead of time <laughs> before anybody else catches on to what I was doing there. I, I was listening to you talk the whole time and didn't pick it yeah. up. So I, I was, it didn't register. I was so focused and I was like, wait a minute. That yeah. So hopefully, right. hopefully cash is okay and can come back yes. soon. Cause that was, yeah. oh, that was nasty. That was a lot of blood. Yeah. And I'm glad you found out what happened. Uh, I try to stay away from the Twitter verse while I watch dynamite. Cause otherwise I'll get wrapped up in it and just start scrolling and miss. Oh, that, that happened to me multiple times. tonight. My <laughs> was everywhere. I was reading stuff on Twitter instead of paying attention to the match. I need to do a better job of that. But lately it's been kind of, kind of getting me in. I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's Twitter, man. It There's is. something going suck on you there. In sometimes. Yep. Uh, backstage, Britt Baker talks with Tony Schiavone about breaking her wrist against Nyla Rose. Despite that, she still tapped out Rose. Baker says Rebel can't keep her protected all the time when everyone is gunning for her. Baker says they apparently need someone to watch their back, but doesn't mention who it will be. So thoughts on who it might be. I was trying to think tonight. You know, I I don't know too many female free agents out there. I don't either. I was sitting there. I mean, it won't be Thunder Rosa, obviously. No. Um, I mean, Chelsea Green and Britt are tight, but Chelsea's doing work in ROH and Impact, both. I mean, I guess you could do three companies. 
Um, it's got to be somebody that's going to make a splash, but I don't, I don't, I don't know who's out there. Yeah, see, my thought kind of went to Chelsea with the fact that she said, yeah. you know, the shades of jealousy, and Chelsea did something very similar to that yeah. in her uh, podcast. So maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and 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 it could be that too because she did the you know she was calling her podcast Fifty Shades of Green, didn't have to change it, but now it's uh, Green with Envy, which is still jealousy, envy. Yeah, you could you could be onto something there. Um, I I don't know. I don't know who else it could be. Um, I'm sure they'll surprise me with somebody that's not even on my radar right now. I, I do know there have been some talents um, released from WWE and NXT not too uh, not too long ago. Ruby Riot. Yeah. That one would make sense. That yeah. one just dawned on me though. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think it makes sense for her to debut at all out as the Joker because they're going to do the women's battle royale. Yeah. Uh, as long but, as yeah. Lana's not the Joker, I'm okay with it. And it's nothing against, uh, or CJ Perry. Well, I should say that's could be good. Yeah. Cause all their 90 days will be up in late August. So yep. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Tony Schiavone is on the stage to talk about the upcoming event at the United Center in Chicago, AEW Rampage, the first dance, August 20th. August 20th, the second Rampage. Um, of course, right after they announced that, the crowd breaks into a CM Punk champ. Oh, of course they did. You knew the moment they talked to Chicago tonight, Punk chants were going to break out. And then uh, they went backstage with uh, Alex Marvez with, with Darby and Sting, and Darby pretty much kind of took a shot, a message at CM Punk, and said, uh, "Even if you think you're the best in the world, yep, you got to prove an AEW. That's pretty yep. much his message. So he he's coming, he's coming, Paul. It's going to happen because they they wouldn't be teasing at that this much if they don't already have a pen on paper. Tony Khan's too smart. Yes, because I think that kind of already they." Dropped the ball on this once with the original Exalted One. The original plans were for Marty Skrull to be the Exalted One. Or those are rumored, at least. Right. And then, you know, he said, I'm not going to AEW. And then we dropped the ball on the Exalted One until Mr. Brody Lee was able to join us. So, No, I just don't think they, they, I don't think they make, let me put it this way. The United Center holds about 22,000 people in it. Now Arena, which they're holding all out, one of their big four events holds about 12,000, which they sold out. Right. You don't run a show even for your new one-hour show, which I'm not calling it the B show, but it's not yeah. dynamite. You don't run that there unless something big is going to happen. Mm-hmm. CM that Punk, you want 22,000 people to be there for. Right. CM Punk teased with the uh, Michael Jordan song for the Chicago Bulls not too long ago. Then the yep. first dance which is a name played off of The Last Dance, the popular Netflix documentary about the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan's last season. But it almost all makes too much sense. Yeah. I think if it's not CM Punk debuting in Chicago, then I will. Oh, yeah. And I will call this the biggest swerve in pro wrestling history. I still think Punk's coming. And, And I do. And I'll go on record right now on July 28th, and I do think it will be that Rampage show now. I thought it would be All Out, but now I think it's the Rampage show. You do it then, you get the buys up for All Out 
in a few weeks. Maybe he has a match there. But what if it's the other talent that's been rumored and it's Brian Danielson? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, at least you went Brian Danielson and not Daniel Bryan. Because yeah, he's not going to be Daniel Bryan. That's the exactly. WWE name. So. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, Vince looked at him and said, well, you made your name uh, somewhere else. We got to change it. You yeah. can't have that name. So I I think it's going to be one of those two on Rampage. And I just don't feel like they're running they run that arena without something punk debut at rampage danielson debut as the joker well and and you got to think too rampage of course it's going to come out um every week after smackdown yeah but august 20th kind of kicks off SummerSlam weekend yeah what better way to steal the spotlight thunder and spotlight away from WWE than the debut of Punk. Because I got to be honest, tonight, even though the rest of the show still went on, everybody was talking about Punk potentially being at AEW on Rampage on, on August 20th. When CM Punk's involved, the guy steals headlines. Oh, yeah. Whether it's MMA or yep. um, he did a couple indie movies. Yep. Um, it's Philip Brooks, which was the only time he's ever gone by his name. legal name since becoming CM Punk. And the more I've thought about this since we had the podcast last week, I'm really interested to see how it's going to work out with him and Cabana backstage. Because that's one thought, one reason I never thought he'd come to AEW, why Cole Cabana's on the roster. And from reports I've heard on Fightful and and other websites, they didn't necessarily necessarily say the relationship's as bad as it was at one time, but they also said it's not water under the bridge either. Right. Um I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, he references him in his big pipe bomb. And then, of course, things went downhill between the two of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they uh, were quickly. in a legal battle. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe you know, knowing Punk, because he can be stubborn. He can be not a locker room nuisance, but a, he doesn't, a lot of times doesn't get along with people in the locker room very well. Maybe he'll have his own trailer and they'll keep him far away from each other. That could be. Uh, put him in the EVPs or somewhere, you know, uh, where Cabana's not going to show up yeah. unless they're filming a BTE bit. <laughs> but I, I definitely think there's going to be something there potentially with Darby because that's not a mistake. You don't have Darby just drop that line. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of all people. Yeah. If anybody else would have said that line, I would have thought it was a stab at Jericho. But for Darby to drop it, that's calling out punk. Well, and particularly right after they announced the United Center yeah. show. So, yeah. Um, no, but it's, uh, I think, yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid, but I think both guys are coming. It just matters when, when, not F when. 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 Okay. Uh, we now get Lance Archer defending his IWGP US Championship against Hikaleo. There you go. See, I had to break it down, and if you ca- caught it there, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, I actually had to close my eyes to recall the text that I sent that I broke it out so that I got this right. At least you had it in the notes <laughs> this week. Last week, I get to the end and don't have it in the notes. I can't remember his name. So, Well, I think we had to since he was uh, in a match this week. Yeah. Um, he comes out with his dad, King Haku. Yep. Um, One of the, the toughest ring. wrestlers of all time. Yes, which with him having King Haku with him, 
I was like, okay, are they really going to do this to Archer again? Is he going to win the title and then drop it a week later? I I got to be honest. I was a little disappointed in this because even though Kinaku was with him, the Bullet Club never travels alone. I thought we would see a different member of the Bullet Club make right. an appearance during this match, and we didn't see it. Yeah, I was I was waiting on something Bullet Club at some point tonight, whether it be against the Elite, whether it be in this match. At some point, we had to see something Bullet Club, and we didn't. I was a little uh, disappointed. Yeah, it, I mean, a good match. I mean, yeah, he's um, he he's a young talent over there in Japan. You know, Jr. even mentioned that he thinks he'll take Japan by storm and dominate eventually. But uh, Archer gets the win in the end. The crowd crowd was popping big for Archer tonight. The Archer yeah. looked good. So it was a pinfall. It was clean. Looked good future match between Ar- Archer and Tanahashi. So it's going to be exciting. Yes. Uh, yeah. So backstage in production, Marvez is talking with Cody Rhodes. Always Marvez. It I is. thought we had more than Marvez for backstage. They used to. And they kind of, it's just Alex's thing now. Yeah. I, I think the pandemic played a part in that um, because Alex was there. Every week, it was easy for him to get there. Well, um, you got to kind of remember, Marvez was supposed to be on commentary, and the Tony Schiavone yeah. thing happened, and he kind of got booted off commentary. <laughs> so I still think there's some kind of Tony Khan feeling bad about that. So Marvez gets a right. It's a big spot. Right. Um, but he's talking backstage with Cody Rhodes uh, about his upcoming match against Malachi Black. Rhodes goes to say something and eats a big boot to the face. The two end up battling out to the stage. Rhodes blasts Black, but then eats a knee to the face. Welcome to the House of Black. People come out to help Cody. Fuego Del Sol gets in Black's face and eats a roundhouse kick to the Get face. Get freaking head off. Uh, I think you were excited for that. You're, you're not as big of a Fuego fan as I am. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I just hope his kid pop right off. Uh, um now, no, if it would have been I, I, Marco, you would have been even more excited. But you oh, know. If, yeah, if he would have kicked Marco, Marco would have went five, <laughs> five rows into the stands. But uh, no, those, those guys are great on the Sammy's vlog. But uh, yeah. I mean, Fuego is—he's over right now with the crowd. I give him that. But man, this crowd was hot for Malachi, and they were booing Oof, Cody when they were yeah. going back and forth. And yeah, wouldn't surprise me, Paul, if we see that next week in Daly's place. I know. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I mean, it's. I think, I think writing's I, on the wall. I think there's no way Malachi's gonna lose his match. I think Cody's no. gonna take some time off TV for a little bit. Yep, and Malachi Black's gonna be the one that takes him out. But how crazy would it be if? I mean, we're kind of both predicting that Cody won't be on All Out. That's that'll be two years in a row. He won't be on All Out. Yeah, um, unless because I mean, let's not forget last year uh, when he took time off to film. Uh, the go, the go big, big show. show. It was six weeks. Yeah, it'll probably be the same this year, but he, yeah, that all outs within six weeks. He might make it back just yeah. in the nick of time to do yeah. something. Um, hopefully, it isn't too you know something that makes absolutely no sense why he's in it. If he is in something at all out, you know, don't go put him in the, a title match or whatever. Right. Um, speaking of title matches, we get a backstage segment next from Miro, and he says he won the TNT title and he had open challenges, but over time, 
his challengers have dried up. He says Lee Johnson is a talented wrestler, but he nor anyone else is going to take his title. Miro says Lee can face him or run away, but either way, he'll face his reckoning next week. Yeah, Lee's getting squashed. Oh, um, absolutely. I think next week we'll really start seeing the build towards All Out. We'll be a month a month away, yeah. and we're starting to get some seeds planted for feuds, but I think we really see it take off next week because I have no idea who could be in contention for Miro's title right now. I, I really I mean, don't. I haven't, I haven't looked at the rankings lately, but um, just without looking at the rankings, I don't know too many contenders off the top of my head. Uh, Cage is number three. Christian Cage, that is. Yeah, he hasn't lost yet. So maybe uh, get a couple more wins under his belt. He'll make it to number two. Maybe he challenges for it. And that's how we get Christian Cage on All Out. I can see that. Uh, Commentary is handed a note, and it's from QT Marshall, which they called him by his proper name this week, I noticed. Uh, It says that he wants to apologize to Tony Schiavone for dumping coffee on him during an interview but says that he wants to do it next week. Marshall says he wants to make sure Tony's family is in attendance. I don't care about this angle at all. <laughs> no, I don't understand it. It's I I don't care about the um, the factory. No. They, they just blew it. I thought it was really cool when yeah. they debuted and they turned on Cody, but after that, I just could care less. I'm sorry. Yeah, they they dropped the ball way too quick on the factory, and I was very disappointed. And QT's a talented guy in the ring, but I just yes. I just I don't care for him on 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 TV. Um, up next, it was the Matt Hardy family office and Helico and private party versus Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. And I gotta be honest, this is one where Twitter got the better of me. I just remember the finish. <laughs> Uh, Boy's entrance, which the crowd popped for big time. Yeah, and uh, I don't think they were too happy that they cut it off in the midst of right. uh, the chorus to play Christians. Right. <laughs> I did laugh at Jr.'s comment that uh, Marco had too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> Marco right. always has too much Mountain Dew. Yep, Jr., you nailed that one. Yes. Uh, lots and. Back and forth action. Uh, each team seems to get the better of the other team temporarily. Luchasaurus tags in, goes to work on all three opponents. Lucha ends up getting all three guys in a released German suplex, which didn't go over as well as I think they were hoping. Um, Two thirds of the guys just kind of fell to the side. And yeah. Helico was really the only one who got the full released German suplex. And you know, when it comes to the Jurassic Express, I hope from near a year from now they're not a faction anymore. Yeah, I uh, I would uh, I would be just, okay kicking off twenty twenty two with them breaking up. I mean, but. I've been saying for a while I want to see Luchasaurus heal eventually and change his look a little bit, and and Jungle Boy's got to be a star. But maybe they have one yep. short run with the tag titles somewhere. I I don't know. Um, besides that, it's just kind of getting stale. The problem is the crowd pops for Jungle Boy. They You're don't right. pop for Jurassic Express. You're right, and kids love them. Uh, they're going to sell yeah. a lot of merchandise. But and eventually, Jungle Boy, I mean, right now he's young. He's going to get to the point you can't really call him Jungle Boy anymore. Right, right. And I think so, that's where it'll become Jack Perry. Uh, Jack Perry or Jungle Jack. You're jungle, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Christian hits a frog splash. 
on uh, Quinn, gets the cover one, two, three. Cage stays undefeated in AEW. And this is who needed to pick up the win and who needed to eat the pin. Yeah, I keep telling you, I think we're getting going to get a Christian Jungle Boy feud. Maybe it's not all out, but I definitely think it's down the road. I just engraved in my mind a few weeks ago when the Christian was on Luchasaurus's shoulders and Jungle Boy looked up and he didn't really like that. So Yeah, which that kind of goes back to I'm not 100% sure he didn't tweak his knee or something during that match. And Luchasaurus, having worked with him in the previous company, uh, wanted to pay some respect to him and help him kind of get out of the ring. But knew just picking him up wasn't going to work. If so, then Jungle Boy just, I don't know, because that look on his face looked like it was planned for him to look like that. So, Yeah, um, maybe. I think I think there were seeds planted there. I just I don't think that was on accident. But hard telling sometimes. Um, yeah, I in, in in the Hardy family office just doesn't do much for me. Private party, man. I know we've talked about this a lot. They've fallen so much since the start of Dynamite in 2019. Yes, they're uh, they're the tag team version of Lance Archer, in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they've been here, they've been there, they've been here, they've been there, they've done this, they've done that. And then it's just like, oh, here, we're just going to push you to the back of the line again, and we'll we'll do something with you eventually. And then after the match, we saw Blade jumped over to the barricade and hit uh, Christian with the brass knuckles, which is his new thing now, hitting guys with brass knuckles. At first, I for a split second, I thought it was CM Punk. Because yeah. how, how the facial hair and the, and the hood, the black hoodie. But Yeah, when he jumped, I was like, oh, tonight? And then he pulled it off, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would have been like, what a waste. <laughs> right. I, I think it would have, if it was him and that was how they were going to do it, it would have been something a lot bigger than just a punch to the face with some brass knucks and walk away quickly. Oh, yeah, uh, his... Uh, yeah, his debut, the cult personality is going to hit. And, oh, yeah. Which I should mention, they started following AEW this past week on Twitter and Instagram. I saw that. I saw that. Living that's in Color now follows all yes. AEW social yes, media. That's not my mistake. No, not at all. Uh, next, we get a uh, Nick Gage promo telling Chris Jericho he's going to be feeling pain for the rest of his life after their match. We see some clips of Gage's other brutal matches. And yeah, I mean, he is the best, best death match wrestler in the world. But I have to apologize from last week, my statement. I said, <laughs> no way Matt Cardona walks out of Atlantic City at GCW Oof. Homecoming with the title. And he did he it. Did. He had help. He did have help, but he did it. And that crowd was hot against him. And GCW Homecoming was trending with the over the Olympics and UFC on Saturday night. Unbelievable for that company. Kudos to them. It's one of the hottest stories in the wrestling world right now. Matt yeah. Cardona and Nick Gage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I wonder how much extra he had to pay. Uh, Matt Cardona kind of accidentally bled all over the hospital or the um, hotel room sheet. That was nasty. So I'm sure they had to pay some extra for that room. <laughs> in yeah, the long it's uh, it, like we'll talk in the main event. That death matched up. It's not my style, but there's definitely an audience right. out there for it. It's, it's pretty popular, but it's not my style. But I was familiar with Nick Gage from watching The Dark Side of the Ring. I love watching that series. The dude's a lunatic. Yeah, there's no way. He loves wrestling, but he's a lunatic. And uh, I was yeah. interested to see how the main event against Jericho was going to go tonight. Yeah, um, and before we get to the uh, main event, 
we had Julia Hart with the Varsity Blondes taking on Thunder Rosa, making her official debut as an All Elite wrestler. She's uh, had numerous matches in the past in AEW, but she has not been with the company until tonight. We knew it was coming. We knew it was a matter of when, not if. Um, great to see her finally signed. Huge yep. addition to the roster. Huge loss for NWA. I've said yes. for a while, I think that company's on fumes. Um, yeah. Besides Nick Aldis holding the title for like 900 days or over 1,000 mm. days, whatever it's been. I think it's over 1,000 days now. Yeah. And Billy Corgan's doing all he can, but that I just think that company's grasping. Right. Absolutely. Um, so this match went exactly as you would expect it to. Thunder Rosa picks up the pinfall. Hart got a little bit of offense, just enough to make you like her a little more. But overall, Thunder Rosa picks up the pinfall, and I'm glad she is officially all elite. No, I think Julia Hart's going to be good eventually. Oh, I mean, yeah. she's very green. She takes a lot of losses right now. But the Blondes, as a faction, take a lot of losses. But I think everybody thinks they have a bright future. Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison. Um, but, yeah, Thunder Rosa, I, I want to see a rubber match between her and Britt. I want to see yes. I want to see it for the third time. Yep, I, I'm ready for it. It's going to be good. I can't wait to see it happen. Um, we get a look at what's going to happen next week at AEW Dynamite Homecoming. At Daly's place, we'll You're back see. in Daly's place, but it sounds like this is the last. Well, uh, hopefully, it, it should be unless the pandemic really okay. starts spreading again. That that is always hopefully. their safe place, but it should be the last time they're at Daly's for quite some time. Yes, uh, we'll see Miro defend the AEW championship or AEW TNT championship. Excuse me, against Lee Johnson, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. That's got to be the main event, right? Uh, I would hope so. The way they built it, yeah. Yeah. The Bunny versus Layla Hirsch. A winner gets a shot at the NWA Women's World Championship. And uh, Christian a- Cage with Jungle a- Boy versus Bladen Hardy. AEW Women's Championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not NWA. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. My notes Because um, Serena Deeb doesn't have it anymore. It's back in a- NWA. Yeah, it's officially in w- NWA now. So yep. I apologize. No, you're that. good. You're good. I just wanted to correct you. Yep. Yes, thank you. Um, after that, we had, uh, backstage, the way they set up this promo was not what we got. Um, they were talking about, you know, Gage and Jericho. And then they said, we're going to throw it back to John Moxley, who has history with both of these gentlemen. And so I thought we were going to get Moxley talking about Gage and Jericho. Instead, he cuts a promo on, uh, Tanahashi. 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 Thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. <laughs> so, and I, it was a great, great. Yeah, I, I thought for a while that's why I thought Mox would keep the IWGP US title. I thought yeah. he'd defend it on all out against a New Japan talent. Right. I still think I we're was, going in that uh, direction with Moxley against somebody from New Japan at all out. Don't necessarily know if it's gonna be Tanahashi though, because he said he sent in a whole stack of contracts or agreements. So. He, he made it sound like, yeah, it's definitely going to be a New Japan talent that's going to probably face him down the road here. And, and I'm all for it. It's it's exciting to get this talent over here and working with him. But I kind of – part of me thought maybe Moxley might interfere in the main event tonight because he and Gage have unfinished business. They never – this Cardona thing kind of 
with Gage kind of happened when everybody thought it was going to be Moxley. They were setting something up for Moxley. They brawled in Las Vegas and then never really went anywhere. And Cardona kind of right. slipped in. Um, I right. don't know if that was because of the baby being born or what whatnot. But uh, I will I, admit, yeah. before the main event, I thought Cardona was going to show up and cost Gage the title. Or not the title, the match tonight. Right. I would have loved to see Cardona make another appearance yeah. in AEW. Um, sadly, they couldn't work anything out, and I, I was hoping he would become All Elite, but yeah, he's I doing think it was great one of those now. Things, it, was, it was one of those things where he wanted to do everything he can, like all over the place. And I honestly think Cody Rhodes is good buddies with Cardona. He got him in for about five match tryout. For whatever reason, I just don't think Tony Khan was that impressed. Right, and I also kind of feel that uh, Cardona was like, you know, if I sign with AEW, I'm Cody Rhodes' friend. Right, so, right, and he's know, already it, committing to one company. Even though he's mainly Impact right now, and now he's a GCW champion, he's right. still independently free to go wherever and wrestle he wants, and he likes that. So. Yeah, and I just I think he was afraid that he wanted gold. And I think to get gold in AEW, he was going to get the backlash of, oh, you only got it because your best friend's the EVP. So I think he made the right decision as much as I wanted him to be in right. All Elite. I'm glad he did not sign. I, I would have never guessed he was going to get gold on GCW out of no, all places. No. This seems like the ultimate WWE guy. And that's why the GCW crowd hates him so much. But yeah. Damn, they better respect him after the other night. He put Ooh. his body through hell and back. Yes, he did. So we get into uh, the main event Painmaker Chris Jericho versus Nick Effin Gage. No DQ. No rules. No DQ. As close to a death match as they could get. Without making it a death match. Yeah, this was the AEW style of a death match. Uh, a little more violent than last week's Texas death match or Texas, yeah, rules matter, whatever it's called. Yeah. With Lance Archer and John Moxley. Uh, we knew it was going to be bloody, and they took it to the limits as far as what you can do on TNT. I mean, if you watch an actual GCW event where it's on pay per view, it gets really violent. I mean, scary yeah. at times. But even this tonight, and I got to admit, like I said earlier in the podcast, Deathmatch style is not really for me. No. Even though they took it to the limits of what they could do on TNT, it still made me a little squeamish and nervous at times. Yeah, there were times. Uh, of course, there was, you know, um, I, I've gotten used to Jericho and some of these things. So Jericho gets thrown into the turn, uh, into the uh, ring post. And then we're focusing on Nick Gage. And I said, oh, I know what he's doing right now. He's going to be bloodied when they show him next. And sure enough, he was. Well, just, just like at the very start with Pizza Cutter, he didn't get him. <laughs> no. He, they, they, they panned Nick Gage. And, 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 and if he closely, Jericho's pulling something out of his pocket. Yep. He's blading yep. himself right there on the arm. But um, yeah. still, even even the in the camera guys did great, great work tonight with camera angles. But oh, absolutely. still, even, even if it's. Not a hundred percent real with the pizza cutter. The pizza cutter head makes me squirt, squirt, oh. just squirm. And at yeah. least he didn't do the mouth. Mm. That's the I one know. that really makes me. Yeah, ugh. and I already hate fluorescent light tubes. Yeah, so those come out, and I'm like, uh, no, no. I no, was no, no, surprised no. that Jericho took one over the head. Yeah, I was too. Um, and to get stabbed in the head, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised of Jericho for that one as well. I, I knew Gage was going to go through the glass pane. I knew oh, Jericho yeah. was going through that. 
His foot caught it though, so I was they're lucky it didn't break because that glass shifted right before Gage went through it. Yeah, and it was definitely different glass than GCW uses. Right. Um, so I think everything was about as safe as you can make it, but still, I mean, you got glass, you got light tubes. Um, yeah, stuff can happen. Uh, too many light tubes. Uh, I want to see. I know she was wearing gloves. But I want to see Ref Aubrey's hands after making multiple counts yeah. in piles of glass. I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, it's always surprising whenever there's thumbtacks or glass or whatever it may be when refs, refs even though when they have gloves on. You would think the instinct would be to hurry up, like brush off one pile, like a pile away right there where you can make three count. But in lifetime, you can't think about that. Right. Now, I will say in those style of matches in another company, they do that. Yeah, you see the refs move things out of the way, and then they get down and do the three count. Not in AEW; they just full force go straight down for that one count right off the bat, not even hesitating. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the refs in AEW so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho ends up hitting after all sorts of everything. Jericho hits the Judas effect, gets the three count. And picks up the victory, so he's won two out of two of his labors so far. Yeah, he blinded the gauge with the with the mist, with the black mist, and then hit the juice yes. effect. That's um, what I was forgetting. Thank you. Yep. Good old <laughs> um, uh, Tajiri trick there. Yes, and uh, afterwards, uh, MJF gets on the mic and says they aren't done yet. He tells Jericho to listen to him. MJF says he has the third stipulation. He has to hit a top rope maneuver to win. And he says, you know, one thing about me is I hold a grudge. We see a clip from 2019 before they ever feuded with each other. Mm-hmm. Back when they were still picking on Cody for being Cody. Um, about, uh, you know, Jericho says his mom and dad were watching him beat the crap out of Juice. And nine months later, he was born. Um, Who the we, hell's Hoovy? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff says. Yeah, and uh, he, Google Google it, baby. Bad news for you. I Googled it. <laughs> Making his f- return to TNT after 15 years. Hoovenated Guerrero. We'll Hoovenated Guerrero. Um, yes. Juice, yeah. Long rival of Chris Jericho's in their WCW days. One of the greatest luchadors and cruiserweights of all time. I wouldn't. I did not know that he was still actively wrestling until about two or three weeks ago. I heard on a podcast, Sean Ross Sapp said that Hoover two had just competed over the weekend. So I'm like, wow, he's still going at the age of whatever he is. So um, yeah, that will be neat to see. See, I am, I am excited for that, but it wasn't what I was expecting tonight with the main event. Thought it was a little underwhelming with the clean finish and no interference from Moxley or Cardona or no big, Real big surprise. I mean, the Hoover 2 announcement's cool and everything for the nostalgia for the TNT, but um, that's a that's a level down from Nick Gage, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you could have done so many different things. You could have made him take on Wardlow in some type of match. Glad you mentioned that. We saw Wardlow at the beginning of when 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 FTR came out. Besides that, we haven't seen him on Dynamite for a long time. And no. when, when when the Pinnacle debuted that night, they had Wardlow put Jericho through a table. I'm like, they're going to push this guy to the moon, and they really haven't. I mean, he, no. he uh, lost to Hager. 
Yeah, and since then, that's really, you know, we haven't seen him no. since. No, um, so maybe he'll be the fourth later. Right, I hope so. The fourth, fifth, put, something. Put him in a cage match you know. again or yeah. something. Yeah, give him something that he's good at. Yeah. So we'll see. I hope so, but we'll see. Yep, <laughs> yep. And uh, that that was Dynamite. So, Tanner, your grade. Yeah, I'm, I keep going back and forth on grades. Um, I'm going with a seven this week. I gave last week's an eight. Solid show. I don't have too much to pick on, but like I said, sometimes during the match, I got on my cell phone instead of the instead of the match because so the match didn't have my full attention. And if it was a really good match, I it would have had my, my full attention. It would have had me on the edge of my couch. But uh, no, good show. Planted seeds for a lot of feuds. We're getting there towards all out. That's all I can wait for now. And now, actually, I'm real excited for a rampage on the twentieth, then all out, and then. Um, Grand Slam event or Arthur Ashe Stadium. Like I said, I just hope all these events are able to happen with full capacity. I mean, I'm getting a little nervous about that at this point um, with numbers rising. And if they have them, they might, people might have to wear masks. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I'm going with the seven. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm giving it a solid seven. Um, it was a good show. A lot of seats planted, like you said. Uh, you basically, <laughs> I completely agree <laughs> with you on everything you had to say. So uh, I'm just going a solid seven with you. Uh, wrestler of the night. Um, I'm going Archer for a successful defense. I like that. We haven't seen Archer on TV very much here lately. So to get him two weeks in a row, winning the title, successfully defending it, I got to give it to him. I'm going with the easy pick this week. And I think it's the same guy I picked last week. And that's Chris Jericho. I mean... <laughs> He took a beating tonight. He was bloodied mess. Um, he was even shaking after the light, light tube to the head. I mean, uh, that's what I enjoy about Jericho. He's 51 years old, and he wanted to go through it all tonight. He yeah, didn't there was some of those spots if he didn't want to, and he wanted to do it. So. Right. He wanted to be as legit as he could be. 100%. He, he gives it 100% every time he's in the ring. But I really think, Paul, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but I think they're going to have Jericho beat MJF. Uh, yeah. And they shouldn't. No. What what should happen is MJF should beat him. And Jericho honestly should kind of not go off in the sunset, sunset, but be the commentator on Rampage like he's rumored to be with Mark Henry and be yep. kind of the star attraction that wrestles a couple matches a year. And just because I know he reinvents himself better than anybody in professional wrestling, but right. I feel like he's going to get stale soon. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to come. Uh, I think that's why, you know, bringing the pain maker tonight was a nice yep. little splash of look i can still do this uh but i agree um i don't think he needs to beat mjf i think he needs to just kind of go more to the sidelines but just the way it's building just in how the story's progression just it feels like and and they could swerve us all it just feels like jericho's gonna beat him yeah um i hope not but we'll see what happens yep uh final thoughts no um i mean the thing, first thing in my mind is still CM Punk. I mean, it's <laughs> I I don't know how you can't be thinking CM Punk and Brian Danielson even with that news last week. I mean, more and more reports are coming out and different things, and uh, I think I think they they asked Sean Ross Sapp today on on um the um, the listen your boy and and they asked him on a scale of one to ten how confident he was in each one. And because uh, they, they have not confirmed, Fightful has not confirmed that either of them have signed. 
but he said he was nine out of ten confident on 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 Brian Danielson, seven out of ten on Punk. That's still pretty good. Yeah, those are uh, some good odds. I'll take either one of those honestly at this point. Yeah. So I will. I'll, I'm looking forward to when uh, I'll get on your uh, little boat there, and I'll go when, not if. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't think it's a secret that they had all out planned pretty much in full capacity two months ago. And these recent, I'm going to call them rumors as now, but let's say acquisitions made them uh, pivot plans a little bit. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Like I said, I think we start seeing that build uh, hopefully starting next week. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. It's going to be an exciting run. Uh, It's just a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. That's what I, I uh, was talking with Dave Hancock the other night of uh, adfreeshows.com on the podcast. Uh, go listen to that. It's on It's on wherever you've listened to the Kicking Out podcast on, or you can watch it on our YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. And subscribe to those. Give us a like. Give us a follow if you haven't already. And you can follow us on Twitter also at Kicking Out Pod. And go get yourself uh, some Kicking Out Pod merch like Paul Sporting tonight, KOP t shirt. We have three different designs. We have a black one, a white one, and a gray one. Those are available on prowrestlingtees.com. Just search Kicking Out Podcast and you'll be able to support our show and look great doing so. We'd really appreciate it. But uh, I don't have any other final thoughts. Paul, I'll let you add your final thoughts and wrap us up for another week. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, homecoming. Hopefully, the card gets better over the next, uh, you know, six days. Um, we'll. Look forward to homecoming. Looking forward to the build for All Out. Um, I know you mentioned follow Kicking Out Podcast on Twitter as well as all the streaming platforms. Uh, don't forget to like Tanner on Twitter or on social media at TannerLee92. Uh, myself at Paul Zartman921. Um, no reason specific that we're 92 and 921, but we, will, we won't get into that tonight. No. <laughs> um, kind of coincidence. <laughs> yes. And uh, for that, I'm for Tanner Lee. I'm Paul Zarvin. Join us again next week as we kick out and get another podcast.